0: Hello friends, my name is Eric Arnault, and you're listening to the first part of May's Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast, featuring the theme of crime and punishment. Over the next few weeks, you'll hear some great people tell some great stories about their thoughts on the matter, including their brushes with authority, their time on the dark side, and their own personal codes of conduct. We kick it off this time with Tales from Nerdalogs member Claire Friedman, improviser and frequent Nerdalogs guest Mary Beth Smith, actress and teacher Lauren Rodriguez, and comedian Sawyer Heppies as well as the usual tunes from Dwight Hassler and myself. So the month of May brings lots of cool nerdalogs events to Chicago, the first of which is this Sunday at the Public House Theater, 3914 North Clark Street. We're teaming up with Chicago Loot Drop, the local branch of Child's Play, to bring you Cinco de Bilbo, a magical concoction that's half-original sketch show and half-1970s animated Hobbit movie sing-along. Seriously, there's even like a bouncing Hobbit head that you can follow along. Uh, Half the ticket proceeds go to benefit Comer Children's Hospital, which is a great cause, and we are going to have a great time that night. Uh, The whole thing starts at 7 o'clock and costs 10 bucks, and we hope to see you there. Our next Your Stories recording is two weeks after that, on May 19th in the same place. uh, To match with the sketch show, the Your Stories theme will be Journey. FYI, you certainly can talk about the band, but you don't have to. I might. Who knows? I have things to say about Journey. But as always, Your Stories is free to attend, and if you tell a story, you could get on this very podcast. So, hey, come check it out. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for your support. The Your Stories podcast has had a really great year so far, and we hope to keep it up. If you'd like to help us in that goal, there is a PayPal Donate button on the side of our homepage at yourstories.podbean.com. You can click on uh, to send us however much or little as you would like. And every little bit helps to cover things like web hosting and time invested, honestly. uh, It does take a while. But either way, you know, we love doing this, and we, we hope you love listening. So, again, thank you so much, and on with the show. One, two, three, four.
1: hot sun I bought the love Yes, my race is run, she's the best girl that I ever had, I fought for and the line, of the one,
0: I fought for and the line, the one. Alright guys, I fought and the line, the no one above the line. No one above the line.
2: girl. You're so adorable, I want to get in your pussy. LOL. (laughs) We both like Lord of the Rings and Dark Knight. I am nice and blunt about my sexual thoughts. Can you blame me, baby? Winky smiley face. Here's my number to talk easier and maybe hang out soon. 847 612 Redacted his whole number is there I got that message about 12 hours after setting up my OkCupid okay account <laughs> and have gotten many similar ones since but that is still my favorite <laughs> um, this isn't going to be the most flattering story I've ever told, uh, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna acknowledge that now and keep on trucking. Um, I have never responded to a message on OKCupid. I started that account last July, uh, so that's about a little over 400 non-responses um, that I've that I've actively pursued. Um, a perfect record, and uh, that's. I've, I've, I've been asked a lot uh, uh, about why I do that. And the, the general responses, especially since most of my friends are male and, and the ones I talk to a lot are male, um, are, range from, OK, well, well, what would someone have to do for you to actually respond to them? To which I say, uh, I don't know. And uh, the, the other side of that, that spectrum uh, goes all the way to, you're a dick. And I know that's terrible of me What a shitty thing of me to do Is to just not respond And because uh, you know They put effort into these things And I understand that and I know that And, and that's, a, that's a shitty thing for me to do And so I was thinking a lot about why I do that And the conclusion I came up with Is that uh, I'm, a, I'm a cold heartless bitch Who enjoys making other people feel bad mm-hmm. No Hey <laughs> Fuck you, Chris Geiger. (laughs) We have that recorded forever. No, that's not why. That's terrible. I'm not that bad. Uh, Uh, I mean, the, the answer I basically came up with, that was my stock answer to respond to that, was that I'm scared. And which leads to the question of why. It's just this random person on the internet. I don't ever have to actually interact with them. I don't have to actually do anything. Um, and so I've, I've been thinking about that a lot, uh, especially when I decided to tell this story. And, and what I think you can, you can pretty much summarize that well in uh, something that happened to me when I was, when I was younger and, and things that have happened since, but specifically uh, I got a phone call on my 12th birthday. Um, and I, I picked up the phone And my dad had answered it and and gave it over to me. But it was a weird enough call that he stayed on the line. Because I picked it up and I said, hello. And and the voice on the other line said, Claire? And it was a male voice. And I was like, I don't know any males who would be calling me, much less ones whose voices have changed. (laughs) And I said, yeah? And he said, this is so-and-so. And I said, I don't know you. And I hung up. And I put the phone back. And my dad was still on the line. He said, wait, who are you? And the guy hangs up. And so, you know, it was uh, at a time when you could just star 69, which we did, and, and called him back. And uh, he answered the phone and, and uh, had some strong words to say at my dad, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> um, so my dad called the cops and, uh, uh, and tracked him down. And it turned out it was a, a 17-year-old in his basement in Arkansas who had gotten all my information from a chain email um, that I had sent out to some friends. And literally, the only information I'd given was like, you know, at some point, what's your last name? What's your parents' name? What middle school do you go to? And that was enough to get my phone number, full address, uh, school that I went to, uh, full name, probably, you know, my favorite color or something. Um, <laughs> and so, you know... Before that, and and very much so after, I was from a very internet savvy family and was always taught like, don't trust people online. Don't trust people online. These people are scary. If anyone ever, if I was ever in like a game with a chat function and someone started talking to me, I would just not say anything uh, or respond at all. And I was thinking about it and I I really realized that OkCupid has nothing to do with it. Like I don't respond to Facebook messages people send me because I get too nervous about responding. I was at a birthday party last night and, and two people came up to me and, like, introduced themselves. And, I, and my reaction was, like, hi, yeah, I'm Claire. I really need to walk over there for some reason. And would just leave. And that's what I do most of the time. And that's, you know, I think that part of it is, is being scared that they're going to be boring or mean or, you know, be able to physically overpower me, which literally almost everyone can do, because I'm very weak. (laughs) And as much as I like to believe that, you know, the the action movie that's happening in my head, where I, you know, am suddenly super good at Kung Fu and can like totally fight them off, would happen, I know from even basic physical confrontations that I will immediately just go fall to the floor If I'm pushed lightly, like I won't, I won't be able to handle that. And so that coupled with the mentality that when I walk into a room, I I feel like I am immediately, you know, judged and scared of the people around me, even if, even though I know that they're nice and they're my friends because I've been, you know, just affected by that so much in my life, both online and offline makes it very difficult to, uh, go up to people and, and trust them right off the bat that that they won't be terrible. Um, so I've been thinking about responding to a message. I still haven't, but I've thought about it. Um, but I think the, the better thing for me to do might just be to be honest and, and uh, delete that account. And <laughs> I, I don't really have a good re- resolution for this story yet. Um, but, uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll figure it out one of these days.
0: Thank you very much, um, Mary Marybeth Smith, are you here? I am here. Marybeth, yes. uh, Mary you may have seen her on stage Interlock before, she'll be joining us for the next Interlock show officially.
3: Thank you, I'm really excited uh, for this and for Cinco de Bilbo. Um, Cool, so crime and punishment. Uh, I may look like an unassuming innocent ginger, uh, but let me tell you, uh, I've got a rabble-rousing streak in me and also let's be honest the words innocent and ginger probably don't belong so close together <laughs> uh i think being such a well-mannered and well-behaved child uh, mostly because i truly didn't have that many friends and didn't know who i was until late in my high school experience uh built up so much rebellion inside of me that i've been forced to expel it all in my late teens and early 20s <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, While I was in college, I had many a near scrape with the campus police, Uh, FUPO, as as we ridiculously shorten their title, or Furman University police officers for normal humans who actually use their words to describe (laughs) things. Uh, Being a member of my college improv team and an active participant in many productions with the theater department led to so many reasons to party! (laughs) Opening (laughs) nights, closing nights, Mm -hmm. Tuesday nights... (laughs) It was great, you name it. Unfortunately, I went to a school that had a dry campus. So, our party habits and uh, general ruckus was usually a beacon of trouble, (laughs) ripe for being busted by FUPO. The first of these nights is affectionately named Tate Hit The Woods, because, ere though everyone at the party bailed out of the back door, of the on-campus apartment littered with beer cans when Fupo knocked on the front door, our dear friend John Tate was the only one who decided that instead of, I don't know, uh, ducking out of sight uh, by the back door or casually walking through the parking lot, that the best and most irreproachable method of escape was to sprint across two parking lots to a line of trees that surrounded the apartment buildings. Uh... (laughs) Thus, Tate Hit the Woods was born. Um, Another night included a few students huddled in a shower, a few in a closet, and me huddled in a giant empty trash can on a balcony. And now... (laughs) Yeah, this time around, we weren't on the first floor, so we couldn't just hit the woods. Uh, This trash can's usual purpose was to ice kegs. Uh, fu- <laughs> <laughs> when Fupo came in the door uh, They asked the only two Members of the party who were actually Of age why they had gotten Such a noise complaint when there were only Two people there <laughs> uh, They also Ducked out onto the balcony and did not Realize there was a small ginger hiding in a Trash can. <laughs> Uh My two roommates Or my two uh, of age Friends kept good head of a- Kept a good head on their shoulders and uh, kindly explained to the officers that the Clemson game was really close and they were getting really excited about it. Uh, The South where college football is a reason not to get arrested. Uh, These fun near misses are two of the many, are two of many many. (laughs) And somehow I left college feeling totally invincible as far as punishment for fun crimes goes. Uh, Now, uh, two of the guys that I had most of these scrapes with, we'll call them Shmakeub and Shmandy, uh, names chains for protection of privacy, uh, both live in Chicago. Uh, last summer a college professor of ours came into town and the three of us uh, shared many scotches with him downtown until about three in the morning. Uh, now the three of us uh, alumni of Furman uh, parted ways with him but none of us were quite ready quite ready to call it a night. Schmandy wanted to scale a building uh, that had a construction scaffold structure right next to it. Schmeichem and I followed suit as our scotch-addled minds couldn't find any good reason not to. (laughs) Uh, So we slipped in a wide gap in a fence, passing a uh, more than one, I should say, no trespassing signs. Uh, And we climbed stories and stories and stories of this construction scaffolding. Uh, my hands were sore from all the rungs of the ladders, and I took off my dress shoes that I had been wearing from the improv show that I had had that night.
2: Uh,
3: So my feet were sore, too, because I'm a dumbass, and I had sneakers in my book bag, but didn't stop long enough to put them on. We got to the top of the building, and the sun was coming up. It was absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. Uh, we were at like grand right before Navy Pier starts essentially, so literally we could just see the whole lake shore and and the sun was rising, and Schmab was just <laughs> just just exuberant, just ah, yelling like so excited and uh Shmeikab wanted to go up uh the rest of. Um, the scaffold, which was like a, a crane that kind of hung out over the building. And I was like, no, I like my life. <laughs> uh, so, Shmakam and Shmandi, uh climbed the crane part of the scaffold, but I stayed down on the roof. Um, All this time I was um, taking videos and texting them to my now roommate who uh, I knew would want to know all parts of this story and I knew I wouldn't be able to remember everything I would want to tell her. Also, I think at the end of one of the videos I said something to the effect of if this is the last time I ever talk to you, at least you know why. (laughs) The next morning, oh she, I had, I woke up to, like, a thousand text messages <laughs> from her. <laughs> I was like, I'm okay, I'm alive, I'm sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> so eventually we had to call it a show and climb back down. Uh, I still didn't have shoes on. My hands were pretty raw from all of the rungs of the ladder part of the scaffold. But we get to the bottom. And there are cops. <laughs> uh, so... They definitely saw Schmecub, so Shmandy and I tried to walk out the a, a different way, and they were like, "Oh no, we got you guys too!" So we just like stop and turn around and walk back, and uh, we, you know, my Shmandy jumped the fence back out, and Schmecub and I uh, went back through the opening that we had come in, and the officer was just kind of like, "What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys doing here?" And uh, Schmecub. Thought it was hilarious. He was laughing uncontrollably. To it, to which Schmandy and I were furious. <laughs> Just like, why are you doing this? This is a terrible reaction. We're like, legitimately gonna get arrested. What are you doing? Uh, they get handcuffed to the fence. I didn't get handcuffed to the fence. Apparently, they did not think I could get away. <laughs> So he's handcuffing them to the fence, and like another guy is coming for backup because apparently three idiotic mid 20s white people needed more than one cop to be apprehended. <laughs> uh, so I unzipped my book bag, um, and I ha- still had shorts and sneakers, so I put them on. <laughs> to, and I uh, took my skirt off out from uh, over the shorts, and I put my sneakers on. And the officer kind of looked over at me and was like, What are you doing? And I was like, I'm just getting comfortable, man. Because <laughs> I did not know where that day was about to go. <laughs> so he um, put me in the back seat of, uh, of the squad car while he uh, kept making and Shmandy with him, and I was my whole life was flashing before my eyes. I was like, I'm gonna go to jail. This is gonna be my permanent record. Is that like even a thing? I don't know, (laughs) like all of this just like reeling. And like, like I said, I was a pretty well-behaved kid. Like this is the first serious thing that had ever happened to me. So Shmandy uh, joins me in the backseat Shmeka is still laughing and being cheeky to police officers who have caught us illegally trespassing. Mm -hmm. And Andy. Oh no! (laughs) Schmandy <laughs> is furious. He just livid. Schmandy's in the Navy. So he thought oh, he thought no. that this was going to like endanger his entire naval career. So I was mortified for him because I was like, well, oh, what am I gonna do? But like he's gonna be in the Navy. So Schmandy's furious. We're both like gripping our hands together until our knuckles are just white because I could tell that I was, like, the only thing keeping Schmandy from flying off the handle. So eventually, the guy who came back up uh, gets in the squad car, kind of looks back at us. At this point, they had, like, all of our IDs. They were running background checks to make sure none of us had any, like, outstanding warrants. Uh, (laughs) And they gave all of it back. He got in the front seat, and he was like, "Uh, so you guys are you guys realize how stupid this was, right? We are like, yeah, 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 totally, real stupid. <laughs> and he was like, uh, okay, well, my buddy over there, who like slightly outranks me, wanted to take you in, but I convinced him that the paperwork just wasn't worth it. <laughs> so, where do you guys live? And we are like, uh, we all live in Lakeview. And he was like, okay, get in the car, don't do this again. <laughs> uh, he proceeded to give us a ride back to our apartment <laughs> a long way short drive. <laughs> so in the end not only did I get off scot-free but I got a free ride back to my apartment
1: <laughs>
3: so what I've learned from this is that if I keep I've had such great karma thus far for doing such idiotic things that at some point I just gotta stop doing idiotic things. <laughs> because at some point it's definitely gonna catch up with me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> woo
1: <laughs> <laughs> woo!
0: I on campus, but didn't for fear of campus police retribution. Is drive my car on the quad like the campus yeah. cars? Are you know, wouldn't that have been the best? <laughs> yeah. did I, did I, did I saw somebody get pulled over on the quad. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it. I knew it would happen, but damn, I wanted to. Uh, let's call up Lauren Rodriguez. <clears throat> Lauren is an actress.
4: Um, So in actuality, this is a perfect spot for me because Beth's story just proves my story right. (laughs) Thank you for that foresight, both of you, right here. Um, So growing up like this, tall, and this young-looking, I learned that I had two options, nerd or badass. (laughs) (laughs) Only two options for someone that looks like this. So the story that I wanted to tell today are the only three times that in my entire schooling career I have ever gotten in trouble. So uh, we had talked a lot about doing like a Nerdologues or like a Your Stories drinking game. So I'm just going to solidify that for this story. And it would have just worked so well for Mary Beth's story as well. So if at any point during the story you have the opinion that I was a nerd growing up, you can take one sip. Because we're nerds, right? So it could be your drink or like the drink of the person sitting next to you. (laughs) (laughs) They don't mind. It's fine. Um, If you think that I'm acting like a badass during any of these stories, then you can take two sips of your drink because you're acting like a badass. (laughs) 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 Okay. All right. So these are the only three times that I've ever gotten in trouble. And try not to judge, pa- like, pass judgment too quickly. Because you never know if you're gonna wanna change. Alright, so the first time was in sixth grade. I was in science class. Don't vote yet.
0: Don't um, <laughs> so to
4: it. Uh, in science class, was the first time that they had given us, like, uh, I had been looking forward to this lesson, like, all year. Don't vote yet. And <laughs> they gave us these pieces that were kind of like, um, Uh, what is that game that you have to mousetrap where you have mouse thank you (laughs) mousetrap and so the whole goal was to get this one um like metal ball to go from one side of the track to the other track which was why i was like in science class it was like momentum lesson so we were like out in the hall i felt like so cool because like all the other kids weren't there and like we were in the hall learning don't (laughs) vote yet And we, me and my group of three were like just on the ground like trying to make this thing go. So it was like right next to the end of the lesson. I had never not done anything the teacher had told me to do, don't vote. And so we we're like, I had to like, I had to make this metal ball go from one side to the other side. So the last time we're gonna try it, we're like going like, okay, fine. So we make it go and it gets all the way close to the end and just doesn't quite make it to the other end of the track like and I just this is the first time that I can remember thinking like oh my god I didn't do it mm-hmm. Like we had one thing we had to do today and I couldn't do it so I dropped the s-bomb so bad <laughs> <laughs> it was really loud and it's kind of like this slow motion memory in my mind that I'm like on the ground and everyone's face just turns white and I just start like turning around like it's like <laughs> 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 Know what I'm going to see, and sure enough, like my teacher is sitting right, standing right there, like looking down on me, and I'm like, "That's it." So of course, I had the best reaction to that, and I burst out in tears, like instantaneous <laughs> like <laughs> tear. I never, ever in my whole life ever gotten in trouble before, so I turn around and I'm, like crying, and sure enough, like the bell rings. So not only have I not reached like the one goal of the day, which has never happened, but I'm also going to get written up for sure. So she pulls me out, and I'm just, like, crying. She's like, do you know what you did? I'm like, yeah. She's like, do you know what's going to happen? I'm like, yeah. So I'm, like, crying, and the bell rings, and now I'm worried because I'm late to, like, my next period class. It's, like, a whole thing. So I go into my next period cast, and sure enough, like, I find out later that she didn't write me up because she would have been the teacher that would have written up, like, the four-foot-tall at this point child who was, like, in tears. So that was the first time. So go ahead and feel free to cast your vote. (laughs) Yes!
0: Two-sixths. 2 sips, right. Two <laughs> one-sixths.
4: you. Um, all right, so jump to seventh grade, and I'm walking home with a group of friends, and we're, like, behind um, this other group of, of older kids. They're, like, eighth graders. So we're, like, walking behind them whenever we're talking, and all of a sudden I notice that these eighth graders are throwing snowballs at the kids in front of them and just totally, like, making fun of them and, like, throwing these snowballs. So I realized at that point that I had a choice: could either let these kids like totally harass the other kids that are in front of them, or do something about it. So, being like the four and a half foot tall, you know, like two pound person that I am, <laughs> I thought like, okay, fuck this. Like, so, excuse me, I grabbed some snow. I know I still can't cuss. I'm not good at it. <laughs> uh, I grabbed some snow and I just. I blacked out at this point, but I just threw it. <laughs> I threw the snowball as like hard as I physically could at this girl who seriously scares the shit out of me to this day. <laughs> so, like, still, like, I'm super scared. So, yep. <laughs> So I threw the snowball and she turns around and I'm like, um, uh. like yeah, <laughs> what? I didn't do it. This person. Right now. <laughs> So, not having any street smarts at all, I allow us to get in front of these people that I have clearly just thrown the snowball at. And this was the first time out of two that I got jumped. So I'm like walking along and this girl who is clearly twice the size of me, like just jumps on top of me. And so right before I literally blacked out because my head hit the pavement, I remember, <laughs> it's okay guys, is my time. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, oh my god, I'm holding my flute. Like my flute is gonna crack, and then I blacked out. So the first thing that I thought, so luckily we were walking home with like an older brother of one of my friends. So that was like okay, they didn't do anything else. But I like woke up and I like sat straight up and I was like, my flute, where is my flute? And I'm like looking around, and so luckily it was in its case. So don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. was absolutely fine. Um, so go ahead, cast your votes. Very badass. One, One. okay, all right, right. last time that I ever got in trouble was in band, and don't vote yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was um, drum major of my high school band, I know, I know guys, it's okay. And uh, we were doing stretches at one point, so there's like a group of about like 50 or probably a little less kids kind of around me, and we're all like stretching, so I'm leading stretches. And it was the cuss word that like rang across the fake football field that we practiced on. Um, so I turn around because I hear these two girls and they're about to fight. So obviously my first thought is like, let me put my body in between their bodies. <laughs> and that seemed like a good idea at the time. So I like got in the middle and did this, which was obviously not effective because one of the girls was literally three times my size. Like she was just. Bigger in every dimension. So the minute I put my body in the middle of this, it was like every fear that I've ever had about a mosh pit and why I will never. It. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just like a whole bunch of like girls going not at all wild in any good sense. It was just like crazy, <laughs> like no one wants to see that. So I had, again, a choice whether or not I was going to defend myself or not. And I remember thinking, like, look, I have drama after this. Like, I can't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
4: my tactic was I couldn't, like, go all the way down because I was afraid of, for them. So I just did this, and I got the shit kicked out of me. So I just got punched and, like, totally just, like, not cool moment. So I kept waiting like for the teacher to come and save me. Like surely the teacher is gonna come and save me. And that moment never happened until like a while later. So I got sent home because I had the shit kicked out. That day? But before I got sent home, that was the last time that I got sent to the principal's office because they had no, uh, just like a zero policy. So if you're in a fight, you were gonna get suspended. So once again, I was sitting there like just bawling like, oh, my God, I'm going to get suspended. I have drama after this. Can like, <laughs> I go to rehearsal again? Like, what am I going to do? So finally, like it was the last time that my totally not having fun in any sense paid off for me because I had never gotten in trouble. I was in all honors classes, and I had drama after that, so they did not suspend me. I was sent home, but then I still went to drama after. <laughs> so that was okay. So feel free to catch your votes at this point. I think that looking back on it, to wrap up super quickly, um, I just really like this idea that I can be both of these things, even if it's only in my head, between being a nerd and a badass. And out of every single one of those situations, there was always somebody there to catch me. And growing up, I knew that's why I wanted to be a teacher, because it's so important for me now to be able to say that I'm the person that's there to catch the little five-foot nerd in my class.
0: Speaking of the Your Stories Drinking Game, which was invented by our next speaker, it's on the sports... what month is that? November? It's I think its own post. November, what, sorry? I think it's its own post. It is its own post, but I think it's also on the November podcast. Oh, anyway, so you're happy. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Uh, guys, my, I had a couple different options I was going to go through. I decided there's one that won't, won't... the other ones won't be able to top it. I had considered doing, uh, you know, the justice system at an elementary, like, K through 8th grade Catholic school. Um, I'd also considered telling stories of my run-ins with Johnny Law, but I figured the best was to go with my friend who will codename Schmitty, <laughs> just to give you an idea of the kind of guy that Schmitty was. Um, he was what you would call a super-duper senior. Uh, you had super seniors who stayed an extra year, and then you had super-duper seniors who I guess were getting their doctorate in theater. Um, <laughs> The only logical explanation I have for why it took him so long to get a theater degree. Um, Give you an idea of this guy. He uh, he was the person that got me drunk for the first time. Um, Went to a dry campus, so I thought that would never happen. (laughs) The Sesame Street image faded very quickly. Um, And he would dress up as a pirate and go to parties. No one asked him to. And he brought his own sword. Uh, so, you know, I'm getting prepared. Um, it was my 22nd birthday, second year in a row I bought the keg. I didn't really Uh-oh. understand how birthdays work, <laughs> uh, and it was yeah. yingling too, I didn't even buy the cheese. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um.
5: <laughs> I love that they're kind of applause, a of that's nice a foreign for concept, you. by the way, at certain bars out here they're like, I don't know what that ching chong beer is. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama where the <laughs> yeah. anyways um, so we through the course of the evening um, it was an SNL theme party so costumes were acceptable um, I was well off as you'd imagine by the end of my birthday we go back I'm sloppy everyone's dragging me around and stuff and making sure I'm just like in the home alright no virgin vomiting I'm cool Chiefy
1: uh, oh, <laughs> <shit.
5: laughs> that's his other codename name. <laughs> 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 <Excellent>. <laughs> Um, was uh, busy most of the night telling people about his four movie ideas. <laughs> most of them I don't remember, but one of them he's an accidental assassin. <laughs> um, and so the thing is, he's a man who is older than everyone else that was taking care of him, but we're told to be responsible for everything he does, which is a huge weight on your shoulder. And the whole I passed out immediately on the couch in our common room. They offered my bed. I was kind of mad in post because I did not know, I did not approve of this offer. They said, Chafee can go up ah, Schmitty can go <laughs> and lay in my bed, I'm not mad at this point, is welcome to bed. Couldn't get him to sleep. Everyone was burnt up, tired, whether drunk or just exhausted. They set him up with the hookah um, that one of my roommates had. We're like, that'll keep him occupied, very much like a child with a bedtime story or maybe a TV show. He's good to go. We wake up the next morning. He's gone. Ew. Didn't have a car, so he's fine. We just figured, I guess, he left. It's fine. He's, he's an adult. He can get home. <laughs> we're at breakfast, enjoying recapping the events of the night before. We get a call from his girlfriend. We say, she says, "Where's Schmidty? Schmitty. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I assume you know you're his girlfriend. She's like, all right, fine, and just hangs up the phone. And we're all meeting like, how does one find a Schmitty? We don't even know where to begin looking. So we're, like, talking about, like, I don't even know where to begin searching or anything. We're just kind of like, it's not really our problem. He's an adult. We get a call a little bit later. Don't worry, he was at church. Yeah, that's what he thought. <laughs> Leaving him alone with the hookah at 4 a.m., he's like, oh, shoot, church is tomorrow. I'm gonna get up early and make it over there. It's so, like, all right. We're on the way back to Richmond to drop off one of my friends who came out to join us. We get a call from him. I get a call from him. Uh, driving the car. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, uh... Good, Schmitty. Good, good good to hear you're alive. He's like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Do you mind picking me up? Like, just to see where it went. Pick you up from where, buddy? He's like, oh, I just kind of, you know, had a, I'm kind of like they put me in the drunk tank last night. (laughs) And like, dude, I'm, I'm more than happy to pick you up, but we're already well on our way to Richmond, so you're gonna be waiting around for a while. He's like, oh, yeah, like you're probably going to have to call your girlfriend. He's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so, a few weeks later, we're hanging out, and he's around the house, and he asks, he's like, hey, that that machete uh, that Mike has, where do you get that at? I was like, me, just being very oblivious. Uh, yeah, Walmart, he said he got a good deal on it. So he's like, yeah, cool, cool. And he makes a lot of movies, so you know, maybe he needed a machete. Uh, we find out later, her friend Mike is rushing around the house. He's like, guys... Have you seen my machete? (laughs) Still not putting two and two together. A few weeks later when we were partaking with hookah with him, he said, oh, yeah, you know that machete? Um, So that night when you guys left me alone, I I took it with me. Uh And he stumbled across our dry campus, (laughs) fell asleep uh, beneath our golden uh, geese fountain that we have on campus, was awoken by several police officers who <laughs> took him in. And he's like, It's weird, when they gave me my list of stuff that I brought in with me, they didn't list the machete. And I said, You're not going to see that machete.
1: <laughs> and
5: our favorite moment of that night is we figured that he just kind of looked around that night and saw it. He's like, Oh, all right. Strapped it on and made his way across campus. <laughs> and that's the adventures of Schmidt. Oh, yeah.
0: Very much so. uh, by round of applause, how many of you guys have ever wanted to see Dwight get super sultry <laughs> and sad? Now that I've picked him out for what we're about to do, all right. Uh, you want to give me the tempo? Four.
1: I've been a bad, bad girl. I've been careless with a delicate. Man.
0: stories is sponsored by the chicago sketch comedy troupe the Nerdalogs, and is recorded the third sunday of every month at the public house theater 3914 north clark street in chicago the stories you heard have been prepared and presented by the speakers on a volunteer basis special thanks to sean patrick boyle for his help with recording our theme song comes from the band state shirt for more information on the Nerdalogs, your stories and everything else go to www.nerdalogs.com.